For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Enthusiasm is sky high. It's a thirsty Thursday. What's up, good people? Courtney Fallon, the Bad Signal podcast, coming at you live from the city of Boston, where my next guest on the show, we're doing solo dolo here. It's just me and my good friend, John Dostremski. No, it's not the guy who deflated footballs in the Patriots locker room. It's the other one. He's a little more famous. He works for the ringer. He is Mr. New York, New York. This interview was a blast. I'm not going to lie. Two old friends catching up. Just going to do this straight up, start to finish. We'll do our Friday weekend previews, our week three previews. Of course, we got Thursday night football tonight. It's a good one. Just kidding. Actually, um, outside of it being the Texans and the Panthers, the undefeated 2-0 Panthers, these primetime games have been an absolute joy to watch there is something a little different in the air about football season this year the hits just keep on coming so tomorrow we're going to do a big football episode but today it's all about baseball it's a classic red sox yankees court versus jj podcast on the bad signal podcast who needs home field advantage more is it the Sox or the yankees who's gonna take the weekend series at fenway park and of course Who's going to lay out the best bets? My enthusiasm, it's through the roof on this one. So turn your volume a little bit down, but turn that excitement up. It's John Deskremski on the Bad Signal Podcast. The Staten Island Stallion, John Deskremski. He was a former SiriusXM intern. Listen, one of the best intern classes of all time. Look at what we have become. I mean, I'm sitting here with my own podcast studio in an apartment off the road in Cambridge, and you're on national billboards in the middle of Madison Square Garden. I swear that photo of you when you announced that you moved from WFAN to the ringer, you're in like a convenience store. You're in like a bodega with the hands up. First of all, who took that picture? And secondly, has Vanity Fair napkins paid you for the professional advertising? Because it's like there's a whole wall of napkins behind you. And it's just it's you're shooting for the moon, man. Well, I would love the royalties, number one, Courtney. Second of all, it's great to be on. And I'll give you a little backstory. So when I got hired by The Ringer, a couple weeks later, the folks over there say, how would you like to be on a billboard? I was like, you guys, you guys are joking, right? Like, you're you guys kidding, are just right? messing with me. So not only did they go and pay for a photo shoot, they had me do like all these like professional photos, you know, like down by like the Dumbo, Manhattan Bridge, Brooklyn Bridge Pier. They tried to yeah. get me like walking in the act. And then basically the photographer, who I think was a GQ guy at the time, yeah. goes and says, I know a guy at a bodega. I think this is the spot. 
And I'm like, all right. And I hate cats, Courtney, full disclosure. So like I told I'm, the guy, I go, make sure there's no like cat crawling around as I'm taking these pictures or I'm going to be like losing my mind. Thankfully, we went in a bodega. It was as authentic as it gets. The lighting was really good. And after we took these pictures, I was like, that's the one. It's not even the one of you in the Brooklyn Bridge. I can, I, how many times has, has a photographer been like, all right, let's go down to the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm going to have you like, Walking this way, looking back, you know, you got uh, you got all the steel beams in the background. It's the bodega shot that's the most authentic. It's authentic, all. exactly. It's like true blue New York, you know, like it's not staged. We don't, we don't stage anything around here, Courtney. That's how we roll. So I think no, it's that's kind of how we, Paul. I, I completely, I love it. I'm looking at this picture. It made me so proud. Like in, in Hebrew, you say nachas. It's like a word wow. and get it. I got to work on We got to work on that. By the time the end of this interview happens, we'll see if I can nail that. I have hoist put down. I know I, I have like my few key Yiddish phrases that I remember, like just because you live in New York and you either hear like Italian slang or like Yiddish slang. And then you kind of like pick up on it and you use it in everyday life. Like, like schmuck is a word I use all the time, and I probably am putz, in trouble. Putz is a favorite that, but, of mine. Yeah, putz, is, putz is a personal favorite. Schmuck nice. and putz is like the quintessential New York words. Also, too, you're like, all right, I'm going to use this down in Crown Heights. And you're like, when the fuck am I ever going to go to Crown Heights? Never and know. Hey, like, you never know where the city takes you, Court. You know, that's the beautiful yeah, thing yeah. about it. Never know. So, putz was my middle name. It means nerf, like balls. I yeah, mean, I like you both that. have balls. Oh, I like love the Big, big balls. Nachas is like something your mother would say, like, oh, I'm so proud. Look at my boy. He's he's on a billboard. Oh, my God. Oh, there was a lot of that. Yeah, that, that would be Beaming accurate. with pride. Yes. Beaming with pride. Well, first of all, like, you have been at every single got. I, I The first question I was going to ask you is, have you taken up residence at 161st Street in the Bronx? Because I'm pretty I sure mean, that you, are, you have been at well every single. I to, like, my second home being, like, right across the street from Yankee Stadium. I think it would save me a lot of like Uber rides and gas and like all that stuff. But, you know, I was thinking about this court. I went last night and I hadn't been at Yankee Stadium for like five or six weeks just because I was away. They were on the road. Then we moved. So I'm in the new apartment the week they put the Blue Jays and lost like every single game. So I was like, thank God I didn't go to any games. But I'm hopeful I can go to a few more before the end of this year, but with the way the Yankees are playing, I'm not so sure about that. Well, it might make sense for you to pop up here to Boston this weekend. The Red uh, Sox well, and the Yankees. A bit of a, I, I'm, I will be up there. I will be up there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, you won't well, okay. There you go. First of all, first of all, you were supposed to call me when you went to a game. Secondly, well, now I'm telling you, I will be there tomorrow. I will be there Saturday. I will be there Sunday. So if you can coordinate, the beers are on me. You got it. I might have to go seltzer. I'm I'm allergic to beer. I'm allergic. Okay, to all right. So whatever, whatever your your drink of choices, that's fine. Sel- seltzers, yeah. I Go mean, on. well, let's talk about Red Sox Yankees. It's my favorite rivalry. I think if a lot of people know, especially my, Michael Fabiano, who used to work at NFL Network with me with fantasy, um, I, I've got into like full blown arguments with him about the Yankees, and there's something that just ignites. Uh, the inner 2003-2004 spark inside of me. I started my career as a Red Sox blogger. I think a lot of people forgot that uh, back in college, back back when I was working at, at, at Sirius with you in the summertime with Adam Shine and all of that. But there's something about that Red Sox and Yankees rivalry that still gets me going. 
But the word on the street now, or at least, yeah, we're about 15 years removed since the heydays of Jarek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez and versus Manny and Big Poppy. Is there a rivalry still between these two teams? It is the greatest rivalry of all time, but is it still? I don't think it's the same. And I think a lot of it, Courtney, is the fact that you guys have won so much. You know, yeah. like, I think one of the great dynamics, I know, the, please, please, it's just it's oh. more insufferable than anything. The only thing that's more insufferable wow. is the Mets and the effort they gave against the Red Sox the last two days. But I digress. You know, like, the dynamic that was so, like, intriguing about Yankees-Red Sox was that the Red Sox had good teams, but they could never beat the Yankees. So it was yep. 1918. It was the curse of the Bambino. It was... Bucky, Blank and Dent, then it was Aaron, Blank and Boone. And I think when the Red Sox won in 04, and then when the Red Sox won in 2007, which kind of validated that 04 championship, it's kind of like, well, what is the Yankee fan going to say right about now? It's obviously going to be a better rivalry when both teams are good. But yeah. taking that element away, I think it forever changed the rivalry as far as like that true hatred and animosity that was was there because you know the Red Sox were always trying to get that title well now they have a bunch and you know life's a lot better in Boston I guess do you do you like Alex Rodriguez more in his endearing role formerly as Jennifer Lopez's boyfriend on-air personality for Fox I don't know if you've seen Screwball my good friend Billy Corbin down there is talking about the biogenesis scandal and it's really more about all of the uh, steroids and the lies and Rob Manfred versus uh, Alex Rodriguez and, and you know, all the, the issues that you just kind of remember, like what a piece of dirt he was back in the day, just lying about certain things, but he was a great baseball player as a Yankee fan or someone from New York. Where do you like to see Alex Rodriguez now? Was it the powerhouse hitter, you know, in, in the middle of the three, four lineup that Yankees, that like Yankees lineup back in the day, or do you kind of like, do you like, watching him on television it's weird i have a very love hate relationship with a-rod when the yankees yeah. first got him i really didn't like him like yeah. I, it wasn't all his fault obviously what happened in 2004 but like you know i think of him like slapping the ball away from bronson arroyo i think about with the, him with the purse I mean, oh my god it's yes. so funny so i was at that game courtney so i'm sitting in the right field bleachers with my dad it was a nasty night it was like high 40s raining and this is at the old Yankee Stadium, RIP, yep. my favorite place to watch a game. But, like, you didn't have Twitter or you didn't have, like, camera angles or whatever if you were at the stadium. So that night, everybody in the bleachers basically thought that A-Rod and Bronson Royal just collided. Like, you couldn't necessarily see him slapping the ball away. So yeah. the place basically, like, melted down when they over – because remember – they didn't have replay back then. It's not like they like looked at calls. So that was like a rarity yeah. where the umpires like gathered together and then basically called A-Rod out because what are the other umpires that saw the play? And Yankee Stadium like melted down. It rioted. It was like scary, quite frankly. Yeah. But that play kind of symbolized A-Rod until 2009. Now, the Yankees haven't won a title since 2009. Senior yep. Syracuse, great times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. celebrating a lot of those wins. So that title means more and more to me as the years go on. And I realized, yeah, Arod failed in the beginning. He was tough to take at times. I'm not going to, you know, throw any of that you know, totally, aside. Yeah. It's all true. It's all accurate. But yeah, they don't win in 09 without him. So I guess from some standpoint, I got to be kind of grateful. 
crazy, but I kind of am a little grateful of uh, our old pal and J-Lo's old fling, you know? Oh, my God. Uh, it's just kind How of... How about Ben Affleck getting back in the mix, by the way? Who saw that first coming? Of, I mean, first of all, I, I need to see him more doing these these skits. Do you remember... Oh, John Jastrzemski, the uh, the one who deflated footballs in, in Foxborough. My favorite skit ever... Wait, first of all, I just like completely forgot. My favorite skit ever with Ben Affleck is on Jimmy Kimmel with him and the guy from The Office and Matt Damon. And they did this skit called I Am The Locker Room Guy. Do you remember this skit? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, my God. Well, now you give me some homework. I'm going to watch this as soon as we uh, sign off. I want to check this out. So, yeah. So, basically, um, and I'm laughing because that was – that's what I loved about Matt – about Ben Affleck is – Regardless of whether he's out, I know he's a very successful director and please just don't play Batman ever again. And his acting yeah, roles again. are kind of not, not for you. But he's more like Dr. Dre. He's making more money behind the scenes, you know, now like not in music or not in acting. He's, you know, more the director type. He was great. But the skits about Boston, like, where is that, Ben? Like, let's bring some of that back. That's what I love about Ben Affleck and Ben Affleck being back on the scene because I literally haven't seen him since he did this skit. Jimmy Kimmel does a lot of these uh, funny little acting skits, but basically he was saying that much like some of the uh, true crime murders and all that stuff that, um, you know, when they were coming out and looking for people to admit that they deflated footballs in the Patriots locker room, like John Jaskremski, who was... Um, who was who was surfed the other JJ um basically like a bunch of these guys came out and Matt Damon was like you know I I brought my I brought my little nephew Tommy he's got wicked bad fucking asthma so I grabbed all the balls and I squeezed just a little bit of air out of all of them just to make him breathe and Ben Affleck came out and he's like listen my name is um Tommy Tommy Sullivan from Roslindale Massachusetts I'm the locker room guy I I deflated the footballs I love you touchdown Tommy so I, that's my story. If you By haven't way, seen it's it, it's not bad. I, I can see, even though you have native New England written all over you, that's uh, <laughs> I. I don't think I could get the accent. Like if I tried to fake the New York accent and tried to do something <laughs> other than the way I speak, it would probably sound a thousand times worse. But you guys and gals will probably notice this anyway. One thing here on Affleck and Jack Nicholson, I respect the hell out of the fact Ben Affleck for Gone Girl was like, I'm not wearing a fucking Yankee hat. No way, no. Jack Nicholson. No. The other way around. And the departed, they asked him, they said, Jack, can you wear a Boston Red Sox hat? He's like, I'm not wearing that shit. Like, that, like you know how many of these Hollywood types are like, eh, whatever, I'll do it. I don't care. No. I kind of respect the fact that those guys are like, no, nah, not doing it. No way. Over my dead body, would I ever put a Yankee hat on? I'm not, not kidding. Sure. Same with a Red Sox hat. Or a there, Met there hat, for been, that matter. You, there you have been not guys me dead in either one. No way. No. There have been guys that have dated that I'm like, can you please take that that fucking disgusting yankee hat off like it, it even if it's in the all black symbol it's like the new york yankee symbol with an all black hat i'm like please just don't wear it in my presence like i can't i'm offended and i'm, I'm kind of mad i didn't wear a yankee hat for this interview then i should have <laughs> i think it would have got us off to a you know rocky start just just with that sort of discussion are, are you intimidated? I almost, well, since they're all sold out, are, are, if I wore a bright yellow shirt that said Boston across the front um, in this interview, would you be intimidated no, by my I alternative would, I would, I would jersey? Um, what, do you like those yellow Red Sox uniforms? I hate them. I, I think, think they're they awful. Are I know it's awful. like the marathon and like 
this like six one seven city thing. They're gonna win, Courtney. They're gonna wear them this weekend because they haven't lost in like seven or eight games in a row. Yeah, I think it's five and six. We wear them until we lose. Yankees, Red Sox, with them wearing those hideous yellow uniforms. The Red Sox deserve to lose for wearing those uniforms, quite frankly. Well, here's the question. I heard Haim Bloom was on WEI this morning on one of his scheduled segments that he does. And, you know, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings about Haim or whether or not I believe that he's actually controlling the Red Sox front office or if he's just still a puppet for John Henry. And I mean, that's, um, you know, a, a topic that I can get to if you have any input on that. But needless to say, they were asked if the Red Sox continued and beat the Yankees in a three-game set this weekend, huge series coming up, whether or not they would be able to do that in a one-game playoff or in the playoffs. And he said that he wasn't sure if the Red Sox were going to be able to wear these jerseys in the postseason. For the love of God, bury them. Like, I don't like I don't want to be watching with Joe Buck and all the uh the the, the Zoom effects of of Fox and the the memories of baseball. I mean, I, I listen to Joe Buck and I think like I just, I, I get little tickles down my spine. Big game feel, right? Like there's certain dudes, like when they do a game, yeah. you just know it's a big game feel. You know, my sister ran into him at the All-Star game and I'm a big Joe Buck fan. Yeah. And my sister thinks for some reason he hates the Yankees. And you know what's funny, Courtney? I was always of the mindset, you know, like the Fox broadcasters and I was a kid, I was like, oh, they don't like my team. Then you go to college and all the Red Sox fans are like, Oh, Joe Buck and Tim McCarver, they just drool the Yankees. They love them so much, ba ba ba. So it just goes to show you how biased we are, like, you know, from our little bubbles that we live in. But yep. my sister actually goes to him. She goes, Joe, I love you, but why do you hate the Yankees? Joe looked at her. like, I don't hate the Yankees. They're good for business. They're good for ratings. Yeah. I, don't want, I, I don't want Tampa and Houston in the playoffs. I want the Yankees and the Red Sox in the playoffs. I got more people watching. Yeah. Speaking of Houston – express your feelings on how you feel about the Astros. I, I know that probably more so than the rivalry between the Red Sox and the Yankees, it's it's the regret and pure anger and hate that the Yankees have for the Astros for stealing that championship a few years ago. Yeah, listen, I don't like them, Courtney, but at the same time, they've beaten the Yankees. So yep. I kind of got to own that. Like, I can't stand Jose Altuve. I can't stand Alec Bregman. Like, they just have, like, a douchey quality to them. But yep. until I see the Yankees look them in the eye and kick their ass, I kind of got to say, you know what? I don't want to hear about – like, I don't want to hear about cheating. Like, as bad as it was, and obviously it was happening, I, the, the best revenge for that is going and kicking their ass, which means yes. getting in the playoffs, playing them in the playoffs, and beating them in the playoffs. Like, that, that's how you validate it. Like, me, like, getting on my, like – Wax poetic, high horse, and all oh, this, 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 this. You know, we're all this Chapman sweating like there's no tomorrow, giving up Jose Altuve home runs, or the Yankees not hitting. That to me is the bigger problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Let's go through the roller coaster of this season. And it seemed as though the Red Sox were just absolutely cruising over towards, I mean, they were like, well up in a way to uh, deciding to win the division. And then, I mean, the trade deadline happened. Bobby Dahlback and, uh, you know, Kyle Schwarber over Max Scherzer and Anthony Rizzo. And then all of a sudden the tables are turned and the Yankees go on a 14-game win streak. And uh, the the living shit was scared out of a lot of people in this reason, this region to say, well, 
geez, the front office clearly doesn't want to win right now. Otherwise, they wouldn't go over the luxury tax. And, you know, the Yankees are having the, the bigger revenge here, but then the Yankees sort of have a, a lull again. Uh, what's being a fan and, and you know, and being a, a reporter in this sense, you are the voice of the Yankees. You are a voice of New York. That's why you have uh, the position that you do and, and the clout that you have. But I, I mean, what's the roller coaster like of this? Is the optimism kind of deflated slightly going into um, such a big nine game gauntlet that the Yankees have to go into this this upcoming weekend and looking at the postseason ahead? Hundred percent. I think the Yankee fan court is very down on the team. And yeah, okay. I mean, they won I, yeah. thirteen games in a row. They could do no wrong. I mean, some Yankee fans were thinking, all right, home game, Yankee Stadium is a given. Maybe they'll make a run at Tampa for the division. They went in the tank over the last three weeks. And I know they just came off a sweep against the terrible Texas Ranger team. But I don't think the Yankee fan is confident in the lineup. I don't think the Yankee fan is confident in the bullpen. And they have not played well in this division all year. They've played terribly at Fenway Park. They've been terrible against the Toronto Blue Jays. They never beat the Tampa Bay Rays. And the reality is they're half game up on Toronto for that second spot, the two back of Boston, they got to go six and three in these final nine games. I'm not overly confident that the Yankees with the way they've played in this division are going to go six and three. The one thing about this year though, court, that's so weird. I can never remember a season that has been as crazy a roller coaster ride. That's what I, that's one. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I've seen really good Yankee teams. I've seen, mediocre Yankee teams where I didn't expect a whole lot. This team, I had high expectations. Then I thought they were absolute dog crap. Then they sucker you back in. Then they beat you down once again. Now they're trying to give you a glimmer. So if we've learned anything about the 2021 season from a Yankee standpoint and a Red Sox standpoint, expect the unexpected. Nothing is a given. And that probably means these next like nine games or so are going to be absolute insanity. Yeah, who is better suited for a series after that one game playoff? Since you know, if it's Red Sox and Yankees, you know it's going to be Garrett Cole against Chris Sale, who has been absolutely lights out. But the rest of the rotation is, you know, is not very good. Uh, I think the Yankees would actually be a more dangerous playoff team because of their okay. starting pitching. I think it's better. And remember, the Yankees just got Severino back. They put him yeah. in the bullpen. bullpen. They got Herman no. back. They put him in the bullpen. Now, I'll take it a step further, though, Court. Toronto is better than both of these teams. I think Toronto is better than the Yankees. I think Toronto is better than the Boston Red Sox. But is Toronto going to get in the playoffs? Who knows? That's the amazing thing about this. Like, I want it to be Yankees-Red Sox. I think it's fun. I think we need a little hate back in our lives. Like, you know, I want to see Bucky Dent's clip like a zillion times between like that Monday and that Tuesday. And I would love the idea of going to Boston like twice in like two and a half weeks. That would be terrific. Yeah, so then we can we can go and then hang out and explore lands down street. It's pretty fun down exactly. there. Exactly. Although I got to be honest, if the Yankees lose a wild card game, I am I, I you're never going to see a human being bolt from Boston and bolt from Lansdowne Street faster than me. I, I might go on like the incognito. I might have like the hoodie up and like the sunglasses at like twelve o'clock in the morning. Just be like, get me the hell out of here, please. I, please. I don't think anyone here would recognize you, though, so I think you would be That's good. good. Actually, you're right about that. You never exactly. know, but I, th- I think I'd be okay. That's a good point. That is a good but point. But I would make I would make a sign in a poster. I'd take a poster board and be uh, like, thanks. Yankee fan. This, 
Idiot, Look number at this one. Idiot, yeah. loser, Yankee fan, number one. Well, I mean, like, it's funny because up here, the big question is like, Alex Cora's pitching decisions. Chris Sale coming off of Tommy John, he has done some really janky things in terms of pitching him against the Mets and not against the Yankees this season. So, I mean, like, he's just like, he's tweaking with the lineup still. It's not 90%. He's just, I mean, he's switching guys all over the field. It's like, why are you having Alex Verdugo in center field? It's head scratching, at least in this, in this perspective. But um, a lot of people up here are looking at this, like, you know, Alex, like, what is the, what is the goal here? I mean, is it, is it to get Chris, you know, easy competition so that he can be playoff ready or is the more important thing to have the home field advantage and he said that last out those final three three outs in the bottom of the ninth are extremely important I haven't looked at the splits but I'm pretty sure that the Red Sox are a lot better offensively at Fenway Park than the Yankees are in their own home stadium you know in in the in the Bronx but who needs that home field advantage more is it the Sox or the Yankees it's a great question. I would say it's the Yankees, but they're not going to get it. I mean, the idea, yeah. the only way the Yankees are getting home for the vantage court is they go and sweep this series. That's the only way. And even if they do, think about this for a minute. Boston's got Baltimore and Washington the final week of the year. Yeah. On the other hand, the Yankees have Toronto, who's yeah. playing for their playoff lives. Then they have Tampa, who's the best team in the AL. And Tampa loves nothing more than sticking it to the Yankees. They take, like, great satisfaction in sticking it to the Yankees. So I I don't see how, quite frankly, the Yankees are going to go and finish with a better record than the Red Sox. Like, the way I see this shaking out, I think Boston will host a wild card game. I'm not even trying to put the mush on you. I just think the math and the numbers kind of back it up. I think Boston is hosting a game. And I think it's either the Yankees or the Blue Jays. I think that game will be at Fenway Park in a couple of Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the Rays? Do you think that they're fraudulent at this point in the season? I mean, you know, you take away the wins against the Orioles and the AL East is pretty much separated by three games. And they went to the World Series last year with Blake Snell um, and Tyler Glass now. They don't have those guys anymore. But, you know, they obviously uh, don't trust their pitching enough in the postseason. I mean, are, are you kind of hit playing, you know, like playing their bluff a little bit? Or you just, or you think that they're, they're as good of a team as, as we've assumed all season. Courtney, I'm done underestimating Tampa Bay. I'm done. Like last year, I wondered how in the world they're doing this. The year before I wondered how in the world are they doing this? They lose guys. It's next man up. They are so creative with the way they use their bullpen. Their lineup is scoring a ton of runs. Now they got Cruz there who mashes with a Rosarena. And I've seen Tampa beat the Yankees way too much for me to come on and be like, yeah, you know, I don't believe in them because they beat the Yankees last year in the playoffs. I've seen them beat the Yankees a ton. They're legit. Now, I don't know if they're built for October. That's a question because they don't have the great starting pitching they once did. They obviously have to go game by game with the matchups and use their bullpen a boatload. But they're legit. Like, there's a reason why, even with all these wins over the Baltimore Orioles, they're winning 90-plus games, and they're going to have the best record in the AL. Hey, the Yankees and the Red Sox could have played that good of baseball against the Orioles, and then maybe they'd be in this position. So, you yeah. know, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I was in Baltimore in late July and I watched them sweep the Nationals and I couldn't think the Nationals were worse, but really it's the Orioles kind of serving it to themselves over the last couple of weeks. What's the best or the worst case scenario for the Red Sox and the Yankees? I mean, like I separately, like if you're looking and being like, okay, best case scenario, they go six and three over these next nine games, obviously given the degree of difficulty uh, you know, how many games do they have to take from the Red Sox in order to place themselves in the best position? I feel like we're not even looking at the rest of the American League because the White Sox have just, I think they were like a minus 450 favorite to win their division in the middle of the summer. It's just not even close. Ten and a half games up on the Indians. But what's, what is the best or worst case scenario that you can kind of ideally, as a level-headed Yankee fan, see playing out and and the same for the for the Sox. All right, from a Yankee standpoint, I think best yeah. case scenario is 6 and 3 in these games. And yeah. it means they play their best baseball of the year. That means Garrett Cole wins a bunch of starts and yeah. a lineup that's kind of been up and down and consistently inconsistent all year actually puts together a real dominant run. I, I think worst case scenario is that they flame out like they have all year against the division and if they do Courtney, then they need to make wholesale changes. I mean, I would argue they need to make some serious changes no matter what happens here over the next couple of weeks, but I think it will become that much more obvious. You know, I think the Red Sox are kind of in a unique position because of mm-hmm. where they were a year ago. Cora, I know you guys up there are kind of like dissecting sales usage and, you know, defense and all that stuff. I thought the Red Sox were like a 500 team going into the year. Yeah. And I think Cora is worth like four or five, six wins. I think he's a badass, And I think yeah. he squeezes the most out of the talent that he has. So I think if the Red Sox made the playoffs, that's a good year as far as I'm concerned. Now you want to win the wild card game. You don't want to lose that wild card game because no. it kind of leaves you with a very bitter taste in your mouth. But no. if they don't lose the Yankees and they make the playoffs, it's, it's kind of like a year ahead of schedule in many ways. I think there's a lot. Personally, there's a lot more on the line, I think, with the overall infrastructure of the Yankees and what yeah. will happen over the next two weeks as opposed yeah. to the Red Sox where Cora, Bloom, a lot of these guys are going to be back there next year. What are your? Do you have any reservations about High and Bloom? I know a lot of people like, listen, first of all, he set up that system. You're talking about next man up and, and how well structured that uh, farm system is down there in Tampa Bay and it's next man up and it doesn't matter. They could be losing the biggest pieces, MVP, quality pitchers, everything that you just said. I mean, High and Bloom is from that uh, managerial system and, you know, he's up here. I, I just, I, it's, it's a little hit or miss, at least for, for people's perspectives because he is so new, but do you have any reservations about, uh, about the Red Sox general manager? No, I like guys coming from Tampa. I feel like that's like a place yeah. you want to get your dudes. I mean, yeah. the Dodgers got Andrew Freeman, who is the old Rays GM. He's a stud. Yeah. I mean, he basically has done in Los Angeles what Tampa was able to do, except, you know, they can go and trade for Mookie Betts and they could go and trade for Max Scherzer and give guys $200, $300 million contracts. Um, now, I don't know what the Red Sox want to spend. I don't know if Heim Bloom is being given, you know, a sort of payroll and a quota of what you can go and get after. But as far yeah. as like running a team, yeah, I think he's more than qualified. And I think if he's given the resources to go and spend, I think he will. I love Brian Cashman. He's an, he's an army guy. Uh, I interviewed him actually was at Yankee stadium a couple of years ago. 
his cousin or something is the ring bearer for the horses or something. He gave me an interview in the fourth quarter of a game at army and Yukon. And I I'm a big fan. And, but um, does he have a lot of rope left still in, in that organization? Is he going to be one of those lifer guys or, or, or what, what's the kind of uh, what's the temperature on, on Cashman and his job security. Yeah, I think he's a lifer. I think he has that job, Courtney, as long as he wants it, unless the Yankees really go in the tank over the next year or two. Um, I think if there's somebody on a hot seat for the Yankees, it's Aaron Boone. And listen, the Yankees hired Aaron Boone. They were fresh off of going to game seven of the ALCS against the Houston Astros. They haven't come as close since he's Mm -hmm. become the manager. They lost to the Red Sox. They flamed out in 2019. Last year, they lose to Tampa, weird year, COVID year. But if the Yankees are not in the playoffs, I mean, they were the American League favorites to go and represent the AL in the World Series. Yeah. You're going to tell me if they miss the playoffs or they lose in a wild card game, you're extending Aaron Boone for the next three or four years? You're the Yankees. Are, yeah. are, are you kidding me? Like, how, yeah. like the, the Yankee fan base, Courtney, is going to lose their mind if they yeah. lose this week and next week, and they're out of the playoffs, and they're like, hey, Aaron, you're coming back for three more years. Yankee fans are going to be like, what the fuck? We're the yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I agree. I'm, first of all, I hate the guy. I remember where I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Let me, let, me, let me give you some good news, though. The yes. Aaron Boone memory is, like, ruined for me. And I'm going to tell you why. It's oh, ruined. because you hate him so much as a man. He's no, just, it's he's not even his managerial stuff, which okay. I'm not a fan of, full disclosure. Yeah. It's yeah. the fact that the Yankees didn't win that dopey World Series and lost to the Florida Marlins after a 2-1 lead. And then, of course, what happened in 2004. Because now, if you see an Aaron Boone clip, you know what it's going to be followed by. Dave Roberts, Big Poppy, Kurt Schilling's painted on bloody sock, Johnny Damon, who I love, by the way. Johnny Damon is actually somebody that we have something in common with because he was a great Red Sox and a great Yankee. And it's all up for Johnny. 9 champ. But, like, those montages I know are coming after the Boone home run. And it's like, if yeah. the Yankees had won in 03 and beat the Marlins, as much as it would suck, I'd be like, you know what? They won the World Series the year before. It was a part of a championship season. It sucks, but it is what it is. You lost to the Marlins, and then I got to see all this shit. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not some great Yankee moment to me. It's just not. Was that Dontrell Willis? That was the that was the D train years with the Marlins. Yes, he came out of it. He started was a stud. Went I remember those. Oh, see, I'm a lefty, Courtney. So him having like that that jerky motion, the leg kick, yeah. like that's kind of like my golf swing in many ways. You know. <laughs> oh gosh. Well. Uh, hopefully that you can have something to hold on to this weekend so that you enjoy your time in Boston because the rest of New York sports is struggling and it couldn't make me happier. If there is one team that I hate the most and there's a team that I hate even more, although I do love Eli Manning, there's no one that hates Eli Manning more than Bill Belichick. And even just the mention of his name, it doesn't, he discredits every single thing coming out of his mouth behind closed doors and conversations, but there's no one that he hates more than Eli Manning than the New York bleeping Jets. And I'm pretty sure that Zach Wilson, this is going to be a a, a failure for them. It's going to be a new regime. Robert Sala will not survive the next two years. It's going to be another rebuild season. 
for the New York. I mean, what what do you have to say about it? I mean, what's the issue here? Is it is it you know Woody Johnson coming back and not being an ambassador to the United Kingdom again to finally stepping back and sitting behind the throne of the uh, Jets front office? Like, what has to be fixed here to fix your poor ass New York Jets because they're just stuck in football purgatory for life? Yeah, they're not very good. I mean, they haven't been good for a decade. So, new coach, there's excitement there. Quarterback was awful against the Patriots, but it's only his second career NFL start. Look, Jeff fans don't want to hear this, Courtney, because they've been bad for a long time. But, like, they need to lay the infrastructure. Like, they need to show you by the end of this year, we got a coach who has a plan. We're going to be a team that plays hard week in and week out. And our second overall pick is going to get better and better and better as the season goes along, like rookie quarterbacks are going to have some bad games. You got to get off the mat. You got to show that you kind of got the intestinal fortitude to overcome a game like that and bounce back and play at a decently high level. So look, I didn't have expectations for the jets. Um, They're clearly the fourth team in this division. And that's yeah. even with my dolphins not having two for the next couple of weeks. I forgot better. you're a dolphins fan. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's all right. They're not much better. So, I mean, I missed out on the two Super Bowls with the Giants, but I, I like to say, Courtney, being a dolphin fan builds character. You know, it builds character. Yeah. Like having to sit through a lot of miserable, miserable seasons. It's going to make that like pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that much better. But Jets, play hard, see the quarterback get better, and just kind of realize you kind of are what you are, at least at this point. Is there something also wrong with Tua Tungavalo? I know that they finally said they came out here that he had fractured ribs. I do think that I think for some reason things weren't adding up. I said this earlier in the week uh, with another Staten Island legend, my friend Steve Armato, that comes on the show with me periodically to to recap some football. When he went down with the hit and the how excruciating and the pain, I mean, like I it's. Something's not really adding up. Is this kid kind of fragile? Is this the beginning of the end for them? Are they calling Cam Newton? I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like it's just, it, it It wasn't the type of hit that you want to see as a Dolphins fan to see like your starting quarterback just, just bow out that fast. No doubt. And I think part of the problem, Courtney, is the way he's built. You know, he's not yeah, but six, I'm saying, four, like six I, five. He's built like me. And that's not going to end well if you're an NFL quarterback. It's just not. So he took that hit. It was vicious. Uh, You have a defensive lineman coming in untouched. That's unacceptable. But the Dolphins have put together a lousy offensive line. And, yeah, that was the question about Tua coming out of Alabama. I think it's the question now. And I don't see them making a play for a guy like Cam. I think they'll go with Jacoby Brissett. What I think will end up happening, though, is that the Dolphins are going to give Tua this year. and. This may be fair or unfair, but they're going to say, hey, kid, you need to show us by the end of this second year that you're our franchise. And I think they are watching very intently what's going on with the legal stuff with Deshaun Watson. And if they get any sort of clearance, it's all good. He's not going to be suspended. He's not going to be a major liability for your team. That's the sort of move I think the Dolphins would make in the offseason. Might not be fair to Tua, but like, yeah. you got to play. That's the bottom line. And if you don't play, it's a killer. You can't you can't go into every year with a quarterback where it's like, well, he might miss five to six games a year because it doesn't work that way. You're not winning football games if that's the case. 
Yeah. Well, as a as a native New Yorker here, Dolphins fan though, I tried to play that card when I was living down there a couple of years ago. Devin McCourty still makes fun of me. He's like, yeah, he's like, you a Dolphins fan now? I was like, listen, I had certain allegiances that I had to play to. Certain hey, guys listen, that of I course. Had to and now, now Jason McCourty's down there, so the McCourty, well, exactly. one of the McCourty's going full circle South Beach. It's like the Which Courtney is- Fallon tour, basically. It's funny because I mean, literally, I would have forever. He still. I, Devin and I are like lifelong friends and he still cracks that up. And I'm like, bro, your, your brother's enjoying the, uh, the Florida sunshine there. Well, listen, um, it's Mo Lewis day 20 years ago. You know, today, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter earlier today. Mo Lewis day. It's Mo Lewis day. Drew Bledsoe was hit by the infamous hit of Mo Lewis and shredded an artery. And I mean, we all know. And, and I mean, like if 20 years ago, you had that, you had that byline. I think it was, I think you probably saw my retweet and my friend was like, you know, and they, they went on to win six unprecedented Super Bowls. I mean, like what would, what would young John in high school, freshman in high school would have said if you saw that, like, I, I feel like still Boston just towers over New York and in the retrospect, although that we, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but uh, I mean, all the teams win. I know. Does it bother you by the way that Brady is still doing this in Tampa? No, it doesn't. doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't. I'm, I'm from the perspective of you saw the tea leaves. You saw the disrespect. I even knew just knowing bill and the way that he has this, um, uh, you know, habit of himself of the amount of times that he sat there and said, we're getting rid of a player one, two years before that they are done. And I'm pretty sure that there is uh, a, a handful of guys, maybe on this finger, one, including Tom Brady, because he was wrong. Um, but the other being Chandler Jones. And uh, I mean, very, very unfrequently does Bill Belichick choosing correctly when he gets rid of a guy. Normally they get rid of a guy and you don't hear from him ever again. Let's be honest. Yeah. But I, Not but Tom I, Brady, though. Tom Brady well, is going to – and by the way, how does Tom Brady look younger and throw the ball better than he did 20 years ago? Like, you, you've seen that picture at the draft. Like, he looks like, you know, like a typical, like, 22-year-old frat dude, basically. The guts yeah. hanging out. Like, does not exactly look like this chiseled, uh, you know, all-time quarterback. I don't know if it's Giselle. I don't know if it's this diet. I, 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 Courtney, we need to get the secret. So when I'm like in my mid forties, I look as I look better than I do right now. Just saying. I think it's the gallon of water that he. It's listen. It's the way that you take care of your body. I, I yeah, didn't know if you were going to say something about his body or his face because listen, bro. Sometimes I look at Tom and I'm like, apples don't grow on cheeks; they grow on trees. Uh, you know, chill with the fillers. Uh, you know, I think we all know that he dips into the fountain of youth in that sense. But what is it? I think it's dedication. I think it's consistency. And I think what he's got going and his also too, I mean, it's his happiness and his ability to have freedom. Bill Belichick never let Tom take a, a practice off. He benched uh, Richard Seymour, a future Hall of Famer, he benched Seymour because he missed a practice during the December 2003 series season because he missed it because of his his grandmother died. Tom, if he missed a practice, he wasn't going to be playing in the games. So you know, in, in this in this system that he has down there, he has full control. 
I wouldn't doubt that he is the coach more than Bruce Arians is the coach. He gets days off. He gets and to he's pick got and all his buddies. He's got Antonio Brown. He's got he's Gronk. Happier. He's happier. Yeah, he's exactly. happier. And when you're happier, you have less cortisol in your body. Well, you that's have everybody goes to retire in South Florida. You know that, Courtney. That's how everybody I, goes to retire. Yeah, I mean, listen, I might jet down to Florida and go cover the heat this season. Shit, I'm not going through another winter up here. It's a brutal summer, you know? Yeah, you I mean, actually like, got to experience winters outside of the Northeast. I never have. And I feel like if I got to experience an entire December, January, February, where it's like 60 and 70, I would never come back. Uh, I'm um, fearful that's the case. Well, seeing how much golf that you play on your Instagram, I think that uh, the ringer, maybe Bill Simmons will chip in for um, a couple of golf trips if you're going to be diligent and do some journalism. I like the sound of that right after the Super Bowl. I like the sound of that. A golf trip sounds ideal. When is the Super Bowl? It's like in the, it's like the 23rd. It's late this year. It's like, I think it's the second week of February in LA. Mm, Well, that's going to be a, a disaster all in itself. I was say, I'm, I'm dreading the amount of uh, time I'll be spending in my car in traffic. Good luck with that. You have no idea. I did live in Los Angeles for about a year and a half. Do you have anything to plug, JJ? Um, you know, the uh, we, we go way back. I mean, it's been fun watching your career rise. I don't know if you could say the same thing about me, but it's just two no, names. You, I feel you, like we- you, your career is quite impressive because I feel like you're everywhere. I mean, I mean that Courtney could be somewhere new tomorrow. She may have a new venture tomorrow. So, you know, I, I love the innovation that you have brought to the table in your decade plus in media. So very kind of you to say uh, New York, New York, follow Spotify, Apple. We got three episodes a week, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. We got live shows on Spotify Greenroom. Friday, Saturday at the Yankees Red Sox. And uh, I'm doing a ton of TV too on SLI. So they'll make, I, I actually do television out of my apartment. It's nice not going in the studio. What a concept. So what, what is the, what's the plan for the weekend? I mean, are we, are we laying out details here on the pod? We also have to do some sort of a betting segment because there's, there's gotta be beers that are laid out in, uh, you know, to win or to lose. But I think we got to lay out some money as well. I like that. Okay, so we'll, we'll have to negotiate the Yankee Red Sox beak. And then we also uh, uh, see, I, I would have, if I would have came on the podcast two weeks ago, I absolutely would have taken your action on Patriots Dolphins, who has a better record. Now yeah. the two are out. I'm avoiding that one. I'm, I want to pass on that one. Well, I mean, it's so funny. And that's the thing about betting futures, you know, like you might have the, you might have the about face in the middle of the season, be like, ah, yeah, me thinking that before the season, that wasn't necessarily smart. Um, I, you know, listen, I do think that the future is bright down there. I'm a big Brian Flores fan. So, um, I, you know, I think that he can write the ship. I do love Jacoby Brissett. I'll never forget the Patriots postseason party after they beat the Atlanta Falcons. I was there. Jacoby Brissett was a rookie. He had a bottle of champagne and a bottle of Hennessy and he was hitting on Bill Belichick's girlfriend's daughters. And they were like, Bill is my dad. And uh, when they asked him his name, he said, my name is not Jacoby. It's fucking brisket. My name is brisket. Call me brisket. So if that's anything to take about your new I'll starting brisket if he ends up beating the Raiders on Sunday. I might even eat I, some brisket if he ends up beating the Raiders. I'm in. I'll cook it in my sukkah for him with all my chutzpah that I have. Wow, look at you. Wow. I love it. 
Oh God. It's your, uh, your native Jew up here. Well, I'm excited to see you this weekend. I was supposed to go to New York this weekend, but those plans changed about 30 minutes before we, uh, we kicked off this show. I'm excited and go socks. Fear yeah, the yellow jersey. I can't say the same. I, I hope these didn't shock, by the way. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Got it. I see a red door and I want black. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.